0: Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, We're two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hi, everyone. Today I'm recording with Candace Dorsey. Candace is a functional nutritional th- therapy practitioner whose philosophy focuses on intuitive eating, a mindset that promotes a healthy attitude towards food and body. Her website, From the Roots blog, provides readers with easily family-friendly recipes that are also healthy. Her dishes explore ways of pruning up her classic favorites, whether it be with Southern flair or just introducing a new kind of health that is fun, flavor packed and satisfying. Thanks so much for coming on, Candace. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And you are a a nutritional therapy practitioner or a functional nutritional therapy practitioner for three weeks now because (laughs) we're in the same class. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So you got to spend some time up in Chicago
1: so yes, I love it there. It's amazing. I wish I could yeah. move there actually. Well, not so much in the winter.
0: <laughs> <I'll
1: come back laughs> I know the I first know
0: weekend was gorgeous. I don't remember what yes. month that was, like July where we got to eat by the beach every day. But, uh-huh. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, so very exciting. We were in the same class and Candace has the most gorgeous blog, like pictures and um, it was just really cool connecting with you and seeing what you're doing around food before you even started this program. So um, can you talk a little bit about your background, how you became interested in food and how you got started with your blog?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the, <laughs> the kind words. Um, so I've always loved food. It was, I don't know, it's just something that has been deeply rooted in me for, uh, since I can remember. Um my mom, she's a single mom with four kids, so she always had to make food. We never got to eat out, you know, be, because that was so expensive. Um, so she always made food and um, having so many kids, we definitely had to help in the kitchen, <laughs> help cut vegetables and make salads and things like that. Um, but it really didn't start until 16, so I could legally work. Um, I worked as a runner and a chef at a mom-pop Italian restaurant for two years. That was really fun. I took it from my brother, um, because he went to school. And then after that, then I went to school. Um, And so, I don't know, my love for food has always been evolving, but it definitely started there. Um, That's where I really got to learn and explore and get creative in the kitchen. Because um, the head chef there was always wanting to mix things up every Friday, have a new special, and I got to head on a lot of those projects. so that was fun. Um, and then really, I've always used my body as a guinea pig, <laughs> kind of like a science experiment, always trying to figure out how can I be at my most optimum or what's going to be the best thing for me? Um, because growing up, I had many uh, food sensitivities to gluten and dairy and so i had a lot of bad reactions to it and so at the time i didn't really know how to to research like what was going on and living in the south it was you know it was uncommon to not have you know cheese or um you know refined carb like you know donuts and things like that or soda or just anything like that growing up it was weird having eating all vegetables and eating clean <laughs> you know, because in the South, you don't do that. You, you Mm -hmm. put on, you know, just grease and fried foods and that, you know, that's how you live your life. Um, (laughs) so it was very hard to figure out what to do. So I, I did the whole vegetarian thing for four years, Hmm. do it and do it right because I ate dairy and I was very bloated, had a lot of, um, hormonal issues, a lot of acne, bloating a lot. Um, just a, a very bad, but I thought this was healthy because I was vegetarian, right? It was very confusing. And then um, when I was in college, I did the whole thirty, and that really helped me. I think that um, spearheaded the the connection with food and nutrition, and how I can learn that you know food is more than what it is. It's it's more than fuel. It's well, it is fuel, but it's going to be something that can help change things. It can help me to eliminate the bloating, the acne, um, the hormone imbalance. And so that's when I did Whole30 and figured out, okay, wow, I have an intolerance to dairy and gluten and beans. And I was a vegetarian. (laughs) I ate beans every day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was definitely that. So just using my body as a guinea pig and just uh, through time and through the act of cooking has really shaped uh, my style today, and really with a food blog, it's a culmination of that. It's everything that I've learned. So I, it's all. If you look on the blog, or if people look on the blog, it's definitely dairy free, gluten free, um, all clean. I, it's minimal process ingredients. If I even use that at all, that it is, it's probably for a brand collaboration, um, and it's more paleo-based too so I do have things that have grains and beans legumes but it's very seldom Um, but they're also very versatile recipes too so if you're a vegan or
0: a vegetarian
1: I have plant-based options on there as well so that's awesome
0: so is when you did the whole 30 is that the first you thought of things in terms of like a food allergy because I know you said that you had them when you were younger but it sounds like maybe you didn't identify it as a food yes. intolerance?
1: Okay. Yes, because um, when I was even a baby, I my mom couldn't breastfeed me um, oh, wow. because the doctor would say that, uh, well, she has a dairy, you know, she's lactose intolerant, <laughs> um, and so at the time, you know... I, well, maybe my mom was like, well, you know, it's a phase, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was raised to use milk and I loved milk as a kid. Like that was my go-to. My grandma, she actually worked at our um, elementary cafeteria. She was our lunch lady. And she would tell her the uh, lunch ladies now, don't give Candace any milk. <laughs> She'll want to get it. <laughs> so they'll have to confiscate it from me. Um, but yeah, like I said, growing in the South, like, you don't take dairy out because that's in everything, you know, especially Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And so I basically just lived with it and I thought that was life,
0: you know? Okay. So So you, so there was some knowledge of an allergy, but you didn't really know what to do with it or like fully cut mm -hmm. it out. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people aren't even, even learning in college, I feel like you're ahead of the curve Uh, A lot of people aren't realizing those things about their own body until much later. And Mm -hmm. even doing the whole 30, if on day 31, you add all the things back in at the same time, you don't know what's causing the issues. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah, well based on the experience and knowledge of the whole dairy thing. Um, and then also researching that it could be a good just because those are major intolerances for people. I started with that first and it completely changed within that first week. So I don't know. I also believe it also like in intuition. Um, and I had a feeling that that that's what happened because I also had a food log. So, You know, going to school, it was so easy to do a quick and go thing because we didn't have a kitchen in our our dorm room. Um, So just having, I used to love eating PBJs and it was just with wheat bread because I thought that was healthy, just normal wheat bread. And yeah, in class, I would always feel, you know, super tired, super lethargic, um, a brain fog almost. And that was pretty instant. So I knew that there were some things I already had, but doing that Whole30 really helped to um, justify it, I guess. Um, and it just gave me a full reset, but okay, this is a good distinguish between what makes me feel good and what is deterring me from living my
0: optimum. That's awesome. So when did you start the blog?
1: Oh, I started that, um, about two years ago, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that started, um, based on, So I would always make food. And even in college, I would uh, get creative in our small little kitchen. We didn't have an oven. We just had a small microwave and I had a rice cooker. Um, And so even in college, I would have girlfriends come over because I was a resident. um, I was an RA, resident assistant. And so I would make meals for the girls in our, in our dorm room. And they would always, you know, how oh, you should all, you should be a chef one day and things like that. Um, and I never thought anything of it, but it wasn't really until I was working a corporate life for so long that, um, I needed an escape. And that's where the food blog stemmed from. Um, cause I was, I was working and I, I liked it, not, but the creative side in me was dying, <laughs> and okay. that was my that was my channel. Um, and so after after work, I would just slave in the kitchen. That was therapy for me. I'd spend hours just you know concocting recipes, and <laughs> and I would get a lot of inspiration from dreams. Actually, I know that seems kind of random, wow. but. I would have dreams like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm going to make that tonight when I get home. But during work, during lunch break, I would kind of research things and how things would pair well or kind of go back to the roots of the dish or something, you know, that stemmed from what I wanted to make. And then that night I would make it and then, you know, started taking pictures, posted it on my personal Facebook. It got a lot of traction. People wanted the recipes and then that's what started the food blog. That's awesome.
0: So yeah, it sounds like yours is like a real love for food that's driving this. And I think yes. it really comes across in your your photos and like how I don't know, it's just so artistic and beautiful. And like mm-hmm. thank you. Um yeah, I've had more of like a I'm into the health aspect and le- now let's try to make food fit that. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you're talking about how creative it is because it definitely it definitely comes across. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. So you talk about eating intuitively and eating sustaining foods. What does that mm-hmm. mean to you?
1: Well, that to me, it's a process. A, you know, kind of like how I came, it was not an overnight thing. Um, intuitive eating is definitely a process. It's not something that you just completely stop what you're doing Um, It's something that grows. So for example, something that's more relatable with the clients that I work with. Um, I do a food image journal with them and I see how they're eating for three days and, and seeing what foods work with them, what's not working with them. And then going from there, it's about having a peace with food. And so a lot of people when they eat, it's, it's more of an antagonistic term. You know, especially with today's day and age, like if you're going to eat um, with a group of people at work and you bring your food, well, we're naturally going to compare what we're eating. And for me, when I I sit eating with people, you know, they know that I eat healthy, and so they're like, "Oh, well, I didn't meal prep today, so I brought Taco Bell." Please don't judge me. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's not about that. It's about being in tune um, with your innate wisdom but that takes a while to get there. Right. Um, and also having a peace with food, um, allowing yourself to forgive yourself. If you, you kind of go off the handrail and eat a donut. Um, there's always about a balance. And also what I love about intuitive eating is that you're not, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. So you grow into it. You grow into listening to your hunger levels, your hunger cues, um, you know, see, like really feeling, being in tune with what your body needs and what it wants. It's not about counting macros or uh, restricting yourself or going to a specific uh, food this day. You know, it's not, it's not systematic in that way. Um, but it takes a while to get there. And for example, you know, we, we get stressed, right? We get stressed. We want, we want all the things we want to maybe excessively snack <laughs> like me, or I'll drink too much coffee Or, um, you know, there's a myriad of things. But once you get to that intuitive eating part, it's, you know, you're going to your grandma's house and you see that there's a cobbler. Yeah, it may look bad because it's full of bad things for you. But really assess and evaluate your feelings and your mood and see if it's something that you really want. Um, And so when you eat that, you know, that can become a beautiful thing. Because, you know, you're enjoying that food, it brings back nostalgia, you know, when your grandma used to make that cobbler when you were a kid, and then afterwards, you feel satisfied. But it's not something that you know, you feel guilty about it. Right. And then because of that, because you're at a good balance with food and that relationship, then, you know, the next meal, it's going to be nutrient dense, it's going to be more feeling insatiated, because you're not carrying over that grief, you know, that, uh, that burden of, Oh my God, I can't believe I had a cobbler, you know? Um, so it's very much like that, but it's residual. It's something that you'll gradually get to that point. Um, and that's what I try to teach people. Cause I don't want food to be as like, viewed as an antagonistic term. I want it to be viewed as life. Like, you know, I eat I I ate a donut. <laughs> it mm-hmm. might be a gluten-filled donut, but I feel good about it because that's what my body needed. But I'm not going to be eating that every single day, right? Mm-hmm. There's a balance, but at the end of the day, we just need to have um go towards having a better relationship with food.
0: And yeah, I like that because the idea of eating intuitively, like let's take the example where you don't sleep well and mm-hmm you crave sugar all day. Like giving into that isn't really eating intuitively. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, It's, it's kind of just like cravings. So I think getting to that intuitive eating place is tough for a beginner.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's a good point about the cravings too, because, you know, and really intuitive, it's, it can seem very abstract because it sounds like that, right? It's not a, it's not a, like a a strict diet that this is what you're having. You know, like we're limiting this food group and this and this it's, you know, it is a lot that you have to build. So like, for example, the cravings, it's like, okay, I'm craving salty things. Well, why am I craving salty things? Is it because maybe I need more minerals in my diet? You know, maybe I'm going to drink more water or something like that. So it's definitely something that, especially if I would, be working with a client it's a bio individual approach and that everything is you know definitely different based on that person um so yeah that's a good point about the cravings because it's easy to give in and want a donut but maybe our body needs something else but that's where you get to that point where that craving you can initially feel okay i need a salad and that's going to satiate me versus eating a whole entire pint of ice cream
0: yeah i love that because it's not just like oh i'm I'm craving this, I'm gonna eat it it's It's kind of knowing your body and knowing, okay, I'm craving french fries. I probably need some more fat, and yeah, exactly now you're now instead of eating the french fries, you're making a different choice, and you know your body, and you know what's gonna fuel you, so yeah, I mm-hmm. love that um so if if somebody is just trying to get started eating like more real foods where do you start? Do you start with any specific diets or specific recommendations?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I kind of geared towards a paleo based, um, just because you're not eliminating any food group in per se, like you are eliminating the beans and legumes, um, and the grains. Um, but it's more, let's talk about eating the, the vegetables and, you know, the healthy fats and the, um, Protein, you know, quality protein sources. Um, so I would probably stick to that, and then um, you know, slowly develop the the source, the way that we prep our grains and legumes. Um, so that might be later on because that is a kind of you know, it's fine tuning things, right? But I would definitely start with the basics and kind of meet people where they're at. To be honest, um, so if I see someone who, you know is eating a lot of energy bars and that's their source, their fuel source, or, um, they eat out a lot. Then, you know, I would start with, let's make a homemade meal, like at least one or, you know, like, like once a day or once for the whole week and kind of start from there, but slowly incorporating nutrient dense foods and increasing the, the, the vegetables and things like that and do small things. So if I'm meeting someone where they're at, uh, where they do like to cook at home, they just don't cook the best way or they're not sourcing the best way or preparing the, the best way, then let's see how we can um, make small notches, like small changes in what they're eating. So if they're making spaghetti, because it's super easy, they have a family with five kids, you know, in and out, well, let's try to, maybe we can hide some veggies in there, you know, <laughs> how about we hide it in the pasta, and the pasta sauce, you know, or maybe we can change out the pasta noodles with, um, with, you know, more of a protein rich, lower carb, you know, maybe a plant-based, um, pasta. So it's really, again, it's a bio-individual thing. Um, and just assessing where people are at because everybody's coming from different parts, you know, everyone is stressed and, and rushed in their own unique way. So,
0: yeah and I think that is that is the tough thing cuz when like when we're in our space we're interested in trying different diets like yeah. it took me years to figure out a higher fat diet works a lot better for me and mm-hmm. um yeah it's it, you know and you get if i get too much sugar the cravings start and it's just mm-hmm. it kind of takes you away from that intuitive place like and you want to go back to where do I feel balanced? But yeah, I think mm-hmm. I, I like that as a first approach because you're taking away foods that are the most inflammatory that can kind of get in the way of your body signals. With that, um, mm-hmm. and the sugar,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that's definitely a lot of what I see with my clients first. Because sugar is it's everywhere; it's in everything. And if you think about it, when you're eating processed foods or you're going to fast food, obviously it's in there. Um, but I try to do like a blood sugar handling diet, and it's just you know completely eliminating the sugars. But again, meeting people where they're at—if they're drinking five sodas a day, you know—we can't completely eliminate that because um, I don't want I don't want to deter people from that, and also having you know not the grief, but you know, like oh, I'm failing, right? But just mm. a gradual—it's just all gradual. But yeah, sugar is definitely. And that directly correlates with your adrenals, and we're constantly in stress mode. So, um, I would definitely look at blood sugar handling too.
0: Yeah, because paleo isn't necessarily a low sugar diet. Like, I could Mm -hmm. eat, um, you know, sweet potatoes with a ton of maple syrup on it all day long, (laughs) and I'm technically paleo. But it does Uh make you a little more conscious of it because it's like Uh you're having to pour the syrup on the potato and you know what you're consuming versus some of these processed foods where it's tough to even know what's in there. And mm-hmm. they have multiple ingredients like high fructose corn syrup and corn syrup and sugar and, you know, five other things that mean sugar. And yeah. <laughs> like, how <laughs> so do you, true. yeah, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to kind of add that up in, in your head to say, what am I, what am i putting in my body
1: but yeah exactly um, and even with the paleo desserts too like it's so easy and those are you know calorically dense and yeah. so when you look at oh i'm eating paleo it's fine i can eat you know a big bar of it, That <laughs> I can go into other no, you know, rabbit hole. But yeah, it's definitely it can get a little intricate for sure.
0: Yeah, well, it, and it is. I think it's a good thing. Like the almond flour, it has a lot more fat and protein rather than mm-hmm. wheat flour, which is all carbohydrate. You know, tough on your glycemic, just how your body processes the glucose, but yeah, like you said, it adds a lot of calories when there's all this extra fat in there. Mm -hmm. So definitely a good point. But um, do you have any like simple swaps that you recommend to clients? So let's say you're like, you're meeting somebody where they're at and they're a lot of energy bars or processed foods. Like, And you aren't able to, because it is tough to say, okay, now you're going to cook every meal at home. Like it's Mm -hmm. not going to (laughs) happen. No. (laughs) Do you have things you like to swap that are kind of easy ways to get started on real food or like moving towards real food, I guess?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, so yeah, I definitely, so someone who, um, likes energy bars, for example, I love, um, I love the RX bars, the epic bars, um, Thunderbird bars, um, basically, you know, looking at the ingredient list and seeing, you know, if it's simple, you can understand it. (laughs) Um, and it's lower in sugar. I would definitely look at that, um, for snacks. I like, you know, and this kind of goes back into maybe we should talk about meal prepping and batch cooking because then that will prepare you for the day where you don't feel, you know, led to go to a convenience store or McDonald's, um, but prepping, um, uh, hard-boiled eggs, those are a great protein, uh, fat source, um, like carrot sticks, uh, raw almonds are really good. Um, you know, I would, for example, you know, I chips are my go-to um that is definitely my weakness so instead so like a healthier dupe would be CIT chips those are really good um and going like in regards to a grocery store i always say it's just look at the parameter grocery shop around like the parameter of the grocery store so that's where your produce is at your your protein um the frozen section you know the dairy, things like that. And then, you know, if you want to go inside, then assess, just look at the, the label, the ingredient label, and make sure that you understand um, what's in the ingredients and, you know, make sure that things are right. And I know that sounds kind of like, okay, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because then that's
0: hard too. Um, yeah. Is but, there any like first things so let's say we're talking to a total beginner and they want to start looking at labels like Mm -hmm. what are the biggest red flags to you or like on the opposite side like things that are probably indicating that this this company might be trying to make things right yeah
1: well I don't when I look at the the front of the package and it says you know 100% gluten-free or you know, whole foods are or organic or things like that. I don't, I don't look at that part. Mm-hmm. I definitely look, go straight to the ingredients list. Um, the first thing that's in the ingredient is the most, um, that will be the most in the, whatever package you're having. So if it's the first thing is canola oil or um, I don't know what's like a big thing, um, like hundred percent whole grain wheat or something like that's going to be the, the most in that in that food. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of look at it like that. Um, just look for any process things or any fillers, things that you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, just make it very simple. And that's how I look at it. And then too, I do this with clients. If they, if they do live in our area or live in where I, like where I live, I take them to the grocery store. And so I talk about the oils. So that's another thing too. If you see like canola oil, um, or sunflower oil oil or um, you know, just hydrogenated oils and saturated oils, that's not good. Let's look like for, you know, let's look like for coconut oil, um, avocado oil, things like that. So definitely look at the oils, you know, see if you can understand the ingredients. There are also apps out there that you can scan and it can tell you. So that's good too. Um, which makes it simple. Um I think that that might be helpful. Um, And just really educating yourself on that stuff and just making sure that there's less ingredients because the more that's in the ingredient list, the more it's going to be processed.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So, just because you were talking about batch prepping, um, do you have tips for that? Because that sounds like almost as helpful as finding. Like you said, like you can buy these pre-made snacks or there's easy things like hard-boiled eggs that you can make once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I've seen on your Instagram, you kind of do like meal prep for the week. So do Mm -hmm. you have any tips on that?
1: Yeah, Um, well, I actually love that because I'm a busy girl, like everybody is.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: Everybody's busy. Um, And so I love it because on Sundays, I like to... um, spend at least two hours, um, batch cooking. So I'm all about efficiency and decision fatigue. So what that means for me is that I will create a kind of a grocery list of like things I want for the week. And then the batch cooking part is, um, finding ways to make food different. So I'm not eating the same thing every single day. So I'm batch cooking, sweet potatoes. Um, you know, I'm batch cooking, roasted veggies, um, maybe some bands of pasta noodles, um, grilled chicken. I'll make that like at least two or three pounds of that. Um, and so that I can readily have that on hand for the week. And then there's like for lunch, I, I'm the type of person where it doesn't matter if I, it's a, if it's good, I'm going to eat it for four days and I'm fine with it. Okay. So I'll meal prep that. And then the batch cooking part is what I can put in for dinners or breakfast. So for example, um, if I batch cook sweet potatoes, hard boiled eggs, and I will chop up some vegetables like peppers, uh, zucchini, mushrooms, what I could do for that. For example, for breakfast, I can, I already have sweet potatoes and already have my vegetables. So Five minutes in the morning, I will turn on my skillet or, you know, have a skillet on. I will cook up an egg, saute the vegetables, um, and then warm up my sweet potatoes with that. And that's the meal. And then at night I have that hard boiled eggs. So I'll have that with a salad with the, the, um, the chopped vegetables. And then I will cook up salmon. Well, that for breakfast and dinner, that took five minutes and it's because I batch prep the main ingredients. So I do have um, a beginners for meal prep ebook, and it sh- it talks about batch cooking. And it has recipes that you can use as well as a batch cooking ingredients that can be customized, you know, you can customize whatever you want based on what you're feeling. Um, but it's super simple. And it's not complex, like, and that's the hard part is that sometimes the pictures make it look and, you know, intricate and, oh, I can't do that, you know, because it's, you know, it's plated this way and it just looks, you know, that looks too hard. Um, but I make it very simple. I then lay out how you're doing it, the hour. So within two hours, this is what you're doing. So you can multitask. And I think that's with my chef, like my restaurant experience, how I'm knowing how to do multiple things at once, maximize that time for that two hours. Um, and then it has a recipe, um, it has all the recipes, variations for things, depending on where you're at, if you're a vegetarian, or this is more performance nutrition related. So we can up the protein and also there's an ingredient list. So it has all the ingredients, exactly the the portion serving for everything. Um, and it's all for five days for two people. Um, and that's it. Super easy. And also do uh, tips and tricks on just meal prepping in general in there. That's awesome.
0: So, and is that free when you join your email list?
1: Yes. So it's under the free resources on the blog. um, And it's also a pop-up that you can um, sign up for. And eventually I will have, um, I will create more of a service where a family can email me and give me their restriction things that are there things that they don't like I don't like mushrooms (laughs) or um I have a family of four and this is you know basically give me you know a backstory and then I create um a meal plan for them and so that they have that for the week I'm not grocery shopping for you and I'm not making your food but I'll like it's more of a customized customizable meal plan and that's going to be in the future but I've done that yeah. I've done it with a couple of people and it kind of, that's what started it because it was so easy for them. And I was like, you know what? I don't think there's a service out there and I love it. <laughs> so let's do it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we will, we have the link to your blog in the show notes and so people can go and get the free guide. Um, cause yes. that sounds, that sounds awesome. Like for getting started just to be able to do some of that prep ahead and make it easy. Cause yeah, coming home from work and making a full dinner is just not, not always attainable. No, (laughs) I understand. Um, So do you have any like go-to recipes or favorites on your blog for beginners?
1: Yeah. Um, my number one is, uh, the creamy coconut lime chicken thighs. Mm. Uh, It's amazing. And I love it because for people who've never had curry before, um, they absolutely love it. And it's super easy to make. Most of my recipes are under 30 minutes, um, but this one only has like seven ingredients, takes less than 30 minutes. Um, It's in a skillet, just one skillet. And really, it's a crowd pleaser. I I get so much feedback from that recipe in in particular. Um, And then. What else is on there? Um, if you go in the lunch section, the meal prep, that's an easy one too. Um I've had I have many um recipes that are the meal prep, like uh, the meat, the turkey meatballs, those are really good. Um what else? Even like the winter salad on there, that one's a very big popular one just because it's so simple to make. And if you just add a protein source, that could easily be a meal. And that takes less than 10 minutes to make, um, I've slowly developed, I've slowly gone into creating more of a just simple recipes than, you know, in the beginning I was all about superfood <laughs> and okay. superfood powders and things like that. Just because, you know, I feel, um, you know, more advanced in my nutrition and I feel like I can do that, but again, it's not net necessary. It's just a supplement, just something like an extra boost and, and so it was easy to do that. But then people were like, I can't get that at Walmart, <laughs> you know, or I got this, but it was in bulk and I only need it for one recipe. And what am I going to do with the rest of this? Mm-hmm. So if people see more of my new recipes, they're they're more applicable to a busy schedule, basically.
0: Okay, I love that. Yeah, because it is like once we're in this space for a long time, it's tough to remember what what was it to get started and like make these slow shifts? Cause mine, it was years before I it was actually gluten-free for good. Yeah. <laughs> it was like something I jumped in and out of. And, um, but yeah, now it's, now it's easier to, I guess, be more advanced, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how do you get inspiration for your recipes? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I touched on it earlier, but a lot of it has to do with my dreams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but I've, you know, a lot of people have issues with um, wanting breakfast in okay. the morning and they don't have an appetite in the morning. I am starving. I am Because <laughs> you're <too. laughs> dreaming about
0: food all night? <laughs> yeah, I love dreaming about food. <laughs>
1: You can say I'm obsessed, maybe mildly obsessed about food. (laughs) But yeah, I'll definitely do that. And also too, um, I think this is fun, but if you know, like the Enneagram, I'm a Enneagram three and with a wing four. Okay. So the three of me is the achiever, but the four is more of the creative, um, more of the empathic, like spiritual type person. And so when it comes to food, because that is my outlet, my creative outlet, um, if I'm in a creative space, you know, and my energy levels are high and things are in a good spot, like if I'm traveling or if I'm out in nature um, or if I'm talking to different people, you know, I'm all about making those connections and being out of my ordinary. Um, once I tap into that, then that's where the flow comes in. And I start getting the inspiration and also to a traveling, like, You know, you know, we were in Chicago recently and Mm -hmm. there are so many restaurants that we got to eat at. And I was like, oh, okay, (gasps) this is amazing. How about, you know, maybe I can do something different with this. But this is the inspiration I use. Um, So it's it's a lot about that and just being open minded. And then also, too, I have Southern roots. So um, a lot of my inspiration started out with uh, Southern recipes. You know, like hot chicken or oh, yeah, you know, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and there is a recipe on there on the blog of a baked hot chicken that is oh my god, it's amazing. Okay. I don't talk about that one much, but yeah, that one's definitely on there. Um, we're like biscuits and gravy and you know, stuff like that. But yeah, that's definitely where it stems from my dreams and just being out traveling and being in nature.
0: And because you do all different types of cuisines, yes. Right?
1: Yeah. I definitely don't limit myself. I used to. Um, but again, I love all kinds of foods. I know, you know, like why limit yourself?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's something I love too. Just like being in this food space. Like I feel like some people have dietary restrictions and they're like, I hate food. I wish I didn't have to eat. Like it's so difficult. And I'm like, well, once you, once you figure it out, and you can love food. It's just like there's so it's like endless. And I don't eat, uh-huh. you know, I don't eat processed food. I don't eat gluten. And like for some people that could be restrictive. But I'm like, no, I love flavors. I love fats. Mm-hmm. I love uh, it's yeah. I love food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> food is my love language.
1: <laughs> yes, I totally feel that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else you wanted to share, or you want to let people know where to find you?
1: Um, yeah. So I am most active on my Instagram. Um, I post a lot of day-to-day recipes or, um, like wellness tips. Um, or even I also tap into mood stuff like anxiety because that's what I, I have. Um, and so I have that on my Instagram and that's at from the roots blog. And then you have the website, it's fromtherootsblog.com. And I also have a Facebook, I don't really go on there much. Um, and then if people want to get more information, more resources, especially about, I'm going to add the services onto my website um, to get nutritional um, therapy counseling, I will add that on my service, on, on my page. I would say in the next couple weeks. Okay. So if people want to put their email address down in the newsletter, then they can get more information about that if they're interested. Um, and then I don't know how far this reaches, but I live in the Evansville, Indiana area. So I also do a lot of catering events here and um, a lot of health events and we have a holistic spa. So eventually I'll be working in that space. Um, so, yeah, I think that pretty much hits all of the social platforms, and then also um post a lot on on Pinterest too, oh. and that's just easy to you know pin the recipes there so yeah, awesome. that's pretty much it.
0: yeah, well, it's awesome talking to you. Thank you so much.
1: yeah, thank you for having me.
0: This was fun. yeah all right. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. and nurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. If you like what you heard and share it with a friend, we look forward to talking to you next week.